Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Welcome to everyone tonight. And if you're a guest in service with us tonight, we welcome you. We're so glad to have you with us this evening. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be watching from, we pray that you are blessed by this service tonight as well. Genesis chapter 32, I'll begin with verse 22. I, uh, I believe with all of my heart that I need to be preached to just as much as you do. I don't feel like that because of my role and the position I hold that I am now at a point that I don't need somebody to preach to me. And therefore, I purposefully from time to time make sure that I am in situations where I am the one listening and I'm not responsible for doing anything, not responsible for leading. I'm just there to receive. And so... This week was one of those times, and Brother Victor Jackson was preaching at Abundant Life Church in Baltimore, and Tuesday evening I went up, Nathaniel and I went up to, to hear Brother Jackson preach, and every time I hear him preach, it is a word from God, it's a message from the Lord, and so it was on Tuesday evening. But as he was preaching, as is often the case, when I'm listening to a message, whether it's live like that or if I'm watching or listening to something online as I'm listening a lot of times the Lord will start taking me off in another direction connected to that and so this is this is kind of where this came from it was kind of an offshoot of some things brother Jackson preached on Tuesday night so I'm going to read a couple of verses to you Genesis 32 we'll start with verse number 22. And he rose up that night, this is speaking of Jacob, and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, this is, this is the, the one that Jacob is wrestling with, he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Verse 29 at the end says he blessed him there. Verse 26, Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, Beyond Blessing. Beyond Blessing. God, I thank you for the privilege of being in your presence again tonight with people of like precious faith. I thank you for your spirit that has worked and moved in this service tonight already. God, I trust and believe that you desire to continue to work. I believe that you desire to speak to us tonight, that you desire for your spirit to work in us and through us. And so I trust you to accomplish that in this place. Father, I yield myself to you tonight. I trust you. 
I depend on you. I acknowledge that without you, Lord, I can do nothing. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I I have preached this passage, whether as the primary focus or using it as a part of a message many times throughout my ministry. I think there are a number of things that can be gleaned from this passage. I, I think there's some things that you and I can learn from Jacob's attitude, from Jacob's passion, the way in which he made up his mind, I'm not going to let you go until I get a blessing. I'm not going to let you go until I get something. There are some times in our walk with God that if you're not careful, you will miss a moment where God desires for you to find yourself a place and decide, I will not leave here until you bless me. Not everything we get from God comes in a quick 30-second prayer without a struggle, without a fight. There are some things that you've got to wrestle for. I, I don't think it's a matter of earning and deserving it. It's part of it is God finding out how hungry, how passionate, how much do you really want what it is you say you want. A lot of times we say we want something as long as it doesn't cost us very much, as long as there's not much of a struggle. And so every now and then we've got to wrestle to get something. And so Jacob wrestles with the angel. Jacob wrestles with this man, this theophany, this, this encounter that he has. I, I, as I have studied this passage, I have found that there's some debate amongst the scholars whether or not this was simply a vision or if this was something that Jacob physically experienced. I, I believe the context that Jacob had a physical experience, that it was not simply a dream or a vision. I believe that according to the scripture from this point on, he walked noticeably different because of this encounter. I don't know about you, but I've never had this kind of experience before. I I know I have encountered God. I know I have had moments in which God has done some significant things in my life, but I, I've never had a wrestling match like that. I, I, I've wrestled for some things, but there was no tangible opponent. <laughs> what an experience that Jacob had. Not only did he have this encounter of wrestling with this man and, 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 and the, and the words that were exchanged, but also he says to him, you, your name is Jacob, but you're going to get a name change and your name is going to be Israel. You're not going to continue with the same name that you've had. Warren Wiersbe says this, At Bethel, God had promised to bless Jacob. And from a material point of view, the promise was fulfilled. For Jacob was now a very wealthy man. Jacob, on his journey, what we have read here in the beginning, is Jacob fleeing from his brother. He's stolen the birthright from his brother, and he's now running for his life, and he lays down to rest, and he has this encounter with God. He's got this vision of angels ascending and descending, and he, and, and, and God tells him in this moment, or in this, in this scenario, God tells him, I'm gonna bless you the same way I promised your father Abraham, I'm gonna promise to bless you and and this is while he is escaping he then goes off and spends a number of years working for a wife and 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 and, and eventually becoming a wealthy man I, I, no offense, ladies, I don't mean this at all derogatorily toward ladies or women, but one wife is plenty for me. If blessing is more than one wife, you can have that blessing. One's good enough for me. <laughs> Jacob's got two wives. He's got 11 sons. He's got a bunch of livestock. He, he left by himself. 
He leaves alone, running for his life. He is, he is, we're going to read in just a moment, and that's more so the reference of the words of Mr. Wearsby here. He is now returning. He goes out by himself. He now comes back with two wives, 11 sons, multiple livestock, servants. He is now a wealthy man. Because God is in the process of keeping his promises. But, I read on, there's much more to the blessing of God than flocks and herds and servants. There's also the matter of godly character and spiritual influence. During that dark night of the soul, Jacob discovered that he'd spent his life fighting God and resisting his will and that the only way to victory was through surrender. A.W. Tozer says, The Lord cannot fully bless a man until he has first conquered him. Jacob has gone out And God has promised to bless him. He's now returning back home, having experienced a fulfillment, a portion of the fulfillment of that promise. But God is interested in more than just blessing us. God is interested in more than just giving us stuff. God is interested in who we are. God is interested in what we are. And while the angel says in Genesis 32, while this man that Jacob wrestled with says, you will no longer be called Jacob, you will be called Israel, you will find that he continues to still be referenced as Jacob. In this wrestling match, it is said you've got a name change. However, he is still acknowledged as Jacob. He has had a supernatural encounter with God. Anybody here did this? Uh, I won't do it that way because some of you 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 would feel uncomfortable. For the right reasons, you would feel uncomfortable responding, so I'm not going to do it that way. But there are people in this sanctuary right now that have have seen angels. I I believe I know what I believe I know what the presence of an angel feels like. I believe I know how to recognize an angelic presence in a room, but I've never seen an angel. But there are people in this room that have seen angels. I go back to the days of meet meetings in the very beginning, and and in that old sanctuary, there were several different times, several different people. If you never were in that old gymatorium, the back part of it, you can still see it out there. What is the white block? wall that was actually the wall of the platform you had the platform in that wall and then there was a balcony across there at one point when we had a choir it was up there that the choir sang from and and there were several different times throughout the years of meet and then manifest where somebody would say i see angels lined up across that balcony i believe with all of my heart they saw them I don't quite, I don't think they were making it up. I don't think they were imagining it. I believe with all of my heart. This is not ultimately where I feel like the Holy Ghost has taken me tonight, but I just can't go on without making this point. We must be careful that we do not confuse supernatural encounters with God's stamp of approval. I hope I get to go a little faster than this, but we'll see. We are living in a day and time in which you better understand that just because somebody has a supernatural experience does not mean that they're saved. And just because they have a supernatural experience does not mean they have reached the fullness of what God has for them. 
That's why, oh boy, that's why they can write their music and still live the lifestyle they live. That's why they can preach what they preach and still live because you can have a supernatural encounter with God. But it does not mean you have arrived. And if we're not careful as apostolics, we can become disillusioned. Because somebody else has a similar or perhaps an even greater supernatural encounter than we have had. Y'all, y'all okay? You all right? There is no taking away from Jacob what happened. There is no taking away that he was told from God, you're going to get a name change. There's no, that, that was not a, that was not a, a, a made up experience. That was not a fake encounter. It was genuine. But at the same time, his name, his old name continued to be acknowledged because a supernatural encounter alone is not enough to transform you. Say it again, a supernatural encounter alone does not necessarily transform you. I told him this morning, uh, hopefully one of these days, I, I, don't, I don't know why I keep saying it, I know better, but one of these days I'm just going to get to preach the fun stuff. I don't think that's really going to happen, but. So, that, Genesis 32, that's the beginning of, I mean, he's, he's an adult, but that's still the beginning of Jacob's story. He's just stolen the birthright. He's now running for his life. God, God and has this encounter with him, promises him, promises him. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to change your name. Yet he still continues to be known as Jacob. But if you go ahead to chapter 35 and verse number 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. You, you've been gone long enough, Jacob. You've been away from home long enough. It's time to go back home. So I want you to arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. What, what did God call him? Who did God call him? God. This is chapter 35, verse 30, chapter 32. Chapter 32, the Lord says, you're not going to be Jacob anymore. You're going to be Israel. And the one that that came from is the one here who still says, Jacob, get up. Go to Bethel. Dwell there. But I need you to do something when you get to Bethel. I don't need another wrestling match with you, Jacob. I don't need another encounter with you where you won't let me go until I bless you. I need you to do something else this time, Jacob. I need you to build an altar. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to go to Bethel and dwell there, but I want you to make an altar unto God. The God that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him. Now before you cheat and read the rest, which you are definitely now doing because I said that. Three, this is three chapters later. This is a matter of a couple of decades later, if I'm not mistaken. Because in chapter 32, he is leaving 
running for his life. He spends 14 plus years working for the wife that he wants, several more years after that. And so we're talking several decades after a supernatural encounter like really no other person in the Bible. Not saying it's the greatest encounter, not, not saying it was the most special, but it was definitely one of the most unique encounters anybody had with God in all of Scripture. And now, a couple of decades later, after having been told, you're not Jacob, you're Israel, but God still calling him Jacob, he sends him back, and I, I, I look at what the rest of this verse says. After all this time, after all this time, he now says to his household, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, you had a supernatural experience. You had a wrestling match with God in which you said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And you were physically changed from that point forward. But you continued to allow other gods in your house. You continued to not be clean and you continue to not change your garments. But now that we've encountered the altar, we're now going to see a change. Now that we've got an altar, not just a wrestling match, not just a supernatural experience, now things are about to change. And he says to his household, it's time to put away the strange gods. It's time to be clean. It's time to change your garments. I said it Thursday night. I will say it to you again tonight. I believe that a week ago when the trustees, when three of the board of trustees were in service with us, there was, there was a supernatural shift that took place in that service that night. And, and I'm not going to say everything I said Thursday night. I don't have time. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, God's word is still true. And God's promises are true. And God has not changed his mind. And God's still going to do in us individually and collectively what he said he was going to do. We're still going to see the harvest God has promised us. We're still going to experience the blessings that God has promised us. But I've come to challenge this congregation tonight. A supernatural encounter is not sufficient. A supernatural experience is not sufficient. That may be where you get the promise. That may be where God says, here's what I want to do. But there has got to be a transformation. And I've come in the Holy Ghost tonight to declare that it's time for some of us to go beyond a supernatural encounter. Come to church and you feel the presence of God. You come to church and God reaffirms what He wants to do in and through your life. He tells you who He wants you to be, but He still has to call you by your old name because all you've had is a supernatural experience. You haven't had an altar yet. You go back to Bethel, Jacob, but this is what I need you to do. I need you to make an altar because something's got to die. There's some things that can't keep living. If you're really going to become who I said I've called you to be, if you're really going to do everything I've said I'm going to do, there's some things that must die. And I need you to build an altar for that to happen. 
Verse 3, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called called Alon Bakuth, and God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padanaram and blessed him. God has instructed him to go to Bethel. God instructed him to build an altar. Jacob built the altar. God, Jacob instructed those he was responsible for to get rid of their strange gods, change their garments. I've said it several times over the last couple of months, and by the help of God, it's not just the flesh, but it's the spirit that keeps prompting me. It's time for some of you to quit trying to negotiate about everything with God. It's time for some of you to quit arguing about everything. If nothing else, you argue between you and God about everything. It's time for you to stop and put your thumb away. It's time for something to die. And the reason it's time for something to die is so that something else can live. Something greater can live. But you've got to make up your mind. You're going to let go of some things. You, you've got to allow there to become a transformation in who you are. Because after Jacob builds the altar and after Jacob instructs his household, God appeared unto Jacob again. Verse 10, God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob. Wait a minute. Isn't that what was said in chapter 32? Didn't, didn't he get told in chapter 32, you're not Jacob, you're Israel? That's what God told him. That's what, the, that's what he was told in that wrestling match. You are not Jacob, you are Israel. And yet for decades he continues to be known as Jacob. But now God comes and says, no longer are you going to be Jacob. That's not your name anymore. But Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it unto thy seed. After thee will I give the land. Oh, you keep having your wrestling matches. Keep having your supernatural encounters, but remaining unchanged. Keep having your supernatural experiences that are phenomenons that you can go tell everybody about and yet you hang on to your strange gods. You still run your life. You're still in control. I know it's Sunday night. I know who I'm preaching. I know the group I'm preaching to. You keep doing that. Keep going to youth congress. Keep going to youth camp and having a supernatural encounter, a supernatural experience, going to the altar and praying, but going back home and maintaining your old identity and doing the same old things over and over. Keep doing it. Just keep having your experiences. Let God keep telling you who you're supposed to be and feel good about it. 
I mean, that, that had to be great, man. I, I, my name was Jacob. I'm the supplanter. I'm the schemer. I'm the conniver. But God has changed my name. I am now Israel, except God's still calling you by the old name. It's not a matter of having to earn or deserve the new name, but there are some things that have to happen. And it was not until there was an altar that God finally says, from now on, from now on, you are no longer Jacob, but you are now Israel. Oh, God, I believe in the Holy Ghost tonight. It's time for some people to build an altar. It's time for some people, if I could say it this way, you are pregnant with promises from God. You've got promises from God running out your ears. You've got words from, you've had, you've had men and women of God lay hands on you and prophesy and tell you what God wants to do and how God's going to use you. And you walk away from a snother supernatural encounter, but nothing dies. But oh, if somebody would decide, you know what? A supernatural experience by itself is not enough another moving encounter is not enough I've got to be transformed I've got to be changed I really want to become who it is God has said for me to be and if I'm going to get there I've got to build an altar but the thing that's got to go on that altar I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the Old Testament, all you had to do was bring your best lamb. But in the New Testament, God's not interested in a lamb anymore. God is interested in you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I believe I'm preaching to some people tonight that you are in that in between place. You're in between that encounter, that supernatural encounter and all these great things God has said and God has promised, but you've yet to build an altar and for some things to truly die. And until that happens, all you're going to be known by is your potential. God's, God's, I mean, you know what, I, I'm sorry, but in, in, in sincerity, in sincerity, men and women have missed it. They have prophesied things that they missed. It wasn't God. This wasn't the case. There was no second guessing. There was no questioning this one. This was straight from God. You're not Jacob anymore. You're Israel. You've been this. This is what you've been. This has been your identity. This has been the life you've lived. But that's not who I've called you to be. But I need you. I need you. I need you to build an altar. I need you to get on that altar and not get up. I need you to lay everything down. Lay all your arguments down. Lay all your reasoning. I, 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 I believe, I believe that everything God has promised us, He is still going to do. But what if, what if we are an altar away? What if, what if we're an altar away? I'm, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm, I'm just preaching what I feel in my spirit. But I'm, I'm, the, the, we have, Brother McGurk, we have yet to, we, and as awesome as CMI and P7 has been, we have yet to see. We have yet to see what God has in store. And you young people hear me tonight. And you young adults hear me tonight. Part of the reason is, is because you come to church and have a supernatural encounter. But there's some stuff that's still living. 
You walk out of here and you're still texting stuff you got no business texting and you're still watching stuff you got no business watching and you're still doing things you got no business doing. Nobody's taken away from the supernatural encounter. Nobody's taken away from the fact God has touched you. But there's an altar. There's got to be an altar where something's got to die. Your old way, your old nature. You see, part of what had to die was up till this point, Jacob was the schemer. He always was helping God with his plan. He was always doing stuff for God. Rather than trusting, if I take my hands off, if I just get on the altar... I don't have to run. I don't have to hide. I don't have to fight. I just need to die. And if I will die, the identity that God has said I'm supposed to be known by will become my true identity. Paul In his second letter to Timothy, in his warning of perilous signs of perilous times, in verse 5 of chapter 3, he told, he tells him this, this, this is one of the things that's going to be happening in the last days, in the perilous times. There will be people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof from such turn away. The living Bible says it this way, says it pretty plainly, they will go to church, yes, but they won't really believe anything they hear. The New Living Translation says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will have a supernatural encounter, a genuine supernatural encounter, but it's not supposed to stop there. It's supposed to get down on the inside, and it's supposed to begin a process of transformation to the point that every aspect, every area of your life is changed and affected. They will, if we've ever had a day and time in which this verse is true, I believe we are living in that day. They will have a form of godliness. They'll worship like we worship. They'll pray like we pray. They'll speak in tongues like we speak in tongues. They'll dance like we dance. But are they truly allowing the power of God to bring about a complete transformation in their life? Because you can have all the supernatural encounters you want to have. But if you don't have an altar. You can have all the wrestling matches you want to have with God. But if you don't have an altar. Your true identity will never be changed. And you will never experience the fullness of what God has for you. But I believe there is a call going out in the Spirit in this place tonight. That there are people in this sanctuary that God has had encounters with you already. And God has told you directly. And some of you He's told through others. I'm not gonna, I'm not, you're not supposed to be this forever. This is not who you are. This is who you're supposed to be but it's up to you to decide I've got to build an altar and I've got to put some things on that altar and first and foremost what I've got to put on that altar is I've got to put me on that altar and if I will get on that altar and I will die when I get up from that altar the transformation that God foretold would happen is going to happen and I'm not going to go back and forth between Jacob and Israel anymore I'm not going to go back and forth between identities anymore but I'm going to fully embrace oh God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, what God has promised us individually and what God has promised us collectively as a church, the only way we're going to get there, the only way we're going to experience that is we've got to have altars. We've got to have altars. We can't produce it through our flesh. We can't produce it through our means. We can't produce it through our schemes, through our ingenuity. There's got to be some things that die. There's got to be some things that die. There's got to be a full transformation and the place that that happens. There's one place. One place. It's at the altar. It's at the altar. The prophet, I believe it was Elijah, if I'm not mistaken, the prophet Elijah said to the people, how long are you going to go back between two opinions? How long halt ye between two opinions? And I realized the context of what he was saying, but I've come tonight to challenge somebody. How, how long are you going to be pulled between two opinions? One opinion is God, I'm all in. I want everything you've got. I'm going all after it. But then the other side you're pulled between is your life, your way, your will, your plans, your dreams. Oh, Jesus. Anybody tired of living on your potential? Anybody tired of living just hearing about who God's called you to be? What God wants to do? Is there anybody that's tired of that? And you want to fully embrace the identity that God has said is yours? You want to get that full name change and become known by who God has said He's you're supposed to be, who He has made made you to be there's got to be an altar there's got to be an altar there's no true change there's no true transformation in our lives without an altar there's no true transformation in our lives without an altar oh we don't want an altar in 2019 we want it to be Burger King and have it our way we want it to be our way but oh Jacob oh Jacob you've got no idea what's awaiting you on the other side of the altar You've got no idea what God has in store if you'll once and for all let some things die. I'll say it this way. Brother Gonzalez said it here in this church years ago now. But there's several of us that God is waiting for our character to catch up to our gift. There's no question. There's no doubt the gifts that God has placed in some lives in this place. But God's waiting on your character to match up to the gifting. God's waiting on your character to become what it needs to be. To be able to sustain the gift. Gift that he's put within you. Go back to Bethel, Jacob. Go back to Bethel, but don't just go back for another encounter of my presence. Go back to Bethel, Jacob, but don't just go back for another supernatural experience. Go back to Bethel, Jacob, but it's not just about another good feeling. It's not just about another good service. I need you to go back and I need you to build an altar and I need there to be a transformation. Ramanda <laughs> 
se la mando robo cocheye la mando robo satabahaya in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Alamondo roboko shatalabahaya, ikaharamanda laboseye alalabahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. He caught a robo satalaramando robo satalabahaya. He la manda ye araboko seye kiando robo satalabahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, Lord. Not my agenda, not my plans, not my dreams, not my desires. Nothing, God. I put it on the altar. Some of you need to put your reputation on the altar. Some of you need to put the reputation you've worked so hard to build and create on the altar tonight. You need to lay it on the altar if you're going to embrace the true identity that God has for you. There's got to be some old things that have to die. There's got to be some old ways that have got to die. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Sikaramondo roboko sheye aramanda la bahaya. Tikaramando loboko reye alamando robo si alala bahaya. Ikahayando robo seye alalamando roboko shatala bahaya. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Sikaramando loboko reyeki alala bahaya. Yalalamando roboko sheye alala bahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikaramando loboshe, ki ayando robose. Yalalamando roboko shataramanda ye yalalabahaya. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Halaboko reye andolaboko satalabahaya. Ikaramanda ye ki arabo ki atarabahaya. Yalalamando roboko shataramanda ye. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ikarabashatayando roboko satalabahaya. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Ikaramando lobo koshe ki arabataya. 
Ikoromonde kialarabo korata bahasi. Hayando robo kosheye kiaramando lobos at alam. Ikarabasata yando robo koshatala bahaya. Diando robo koseye kiarabahaya. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 There is a has a story in the book of Acts. Many of you are familiar with it. People were selling their possessions, selling everything they had, and then they were bringing it and giving it as an offering. There was a, that was the spirit that had swept through that group of people. Voluntarily, they were selling everything and bringing it and laying it on the altar, giving it. And a couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira wanted to appear as if they were doing what everybody else was doing. And so they sold their stuff. And they brought their offering. And Ananias brought it, came in first. And he told the men of God, here we've sold everything and here, here is all the proceeds from what we've sold. And he drops dead. After that, his wife comes in. She says the same thing. And he says, the men that have just carried your husband out are coming to take you away. And she drops dead. The sin was not the fact that they didn't sell everything. Or the sin was, the sin was not the fact they didn't give everything. That was not mandated. There was no edict that said they had to do that. The sin was they lied to the Holy Ghost because they wanted to hang on but have the appearance of having given it all. They wanted to get the pats on the back that everybody else, man, that was so awesome what you did. I, I know, I know, I, I, this is my first time to preach here in three weeks. I know this is really heavy. All I can do is my best to follow the Holy Ghost. And it's about to get heavier. Because I'm declare, I'm, I'm, I prophesied to you tonight. That in the next few months, God is going to begin to reveal those, you know, I, I, got my, I got my button on. We got it on the screen. But I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, there's some of you who've been wearing a button. Literally or figuratively. But that's not the truth. But in the next couple of months, God is going to begin to clearly reveal those that are truly more than just lip service because they want to impress those around them. And that group of people, God is going to take to places never thought possible. Right, you throw, I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not trying to throw, I'm not trying to be heavy handed, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have been disturbed in my spirit for a little while because there are those that say one thing. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about sin here right now. Profess one thing, but actions and decisions demonstrate something completely different. There was, it was no sin. If they would have simply come in, Brother you, if they would have simply come in and said, we sold everything, and here's 50%. If they'd have come in and said, here, we're keeping some, but here's the rest. They'd have been fine. But the problem was they lied to the Holy Ghost. Here's everything when in fact they were holding on to some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, the musicians aren't coming. They haven't come, and I don't want them coming. I don't, I don't know if I'm just about to dismiss or what. I'm done preaching. I've been done preaching. I'm not quite, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't know who. I don't know who, but I, I'm a little bit troubled in my spirit that somebody the Holy Ghost is trying to talk to, you've yet to really respond. You're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna live between Jacob and Israel. And you know what? That's a miserable place to live. Caught between who you were and who God wants you to be. You see, the problem is, I, I told you I'm done preaching. This is, this is exhorting, okay? <laughs> the problem is, Jacob was comfortable with Jacob. Oh, hallelujah. Jacob was comfortable with Jacob. He had learned how to be Jacob. He had learned how to scheme and connive and do all. He had learned how to be Jacob. He didn't know how to be Israel yet. I predict there's some of you in this, 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 I mean this, this is not a rebuke. This is, this is, I guess a challenge, but there are some of you in this place tonight. You are caught between the identity that you have had and what you're comfortable with and letting go of that to fully embrace what God has called you to be and who God has called you to be and ultimately to become who God has called you to be. You cannot make that happen. You can be Jacob. You can be Jacob and scheme and plant and do it your way and be okay as Jacob. But if you're really going to get what God has, and you're really going to become Israel that God has called you to be, you've got to be willing to get on that altar and embrace something that may be very uncomfortable, but trust that if God has promised, He's going to take me from being Jacob to being Israel. It may be an uncomfortable process. It may be some times of uncertainty, but God is going to complete what He started. In Jesus' name, would you just, right where you're sitting or kneeling, laying, whatever, would you just for another moment, just whatever you feel to say, if you don't feel to say anything, that's fine, but come on, the Holy Ghost, maybe one person, it may just be one person, but I just feel the Holy Ghost is still trying to reach for somebody. The Holy Ghost is still pulling for somebody. There's somebody here tonight that God is so interested in you becoming all that He has intended for you to be. But you gotta get on the altar. You gotta get on the altar. You gotta let go of what you're comfortable with. You gotta let go of what's familiar to you. You gotta embrace some things that may feel unknown and there may be an element of uncertainty, but it's a part of the process. It's a part of the process. I'm not dismissing. I'm not giving a dismissal. Whenever you decide you need to go or you want to go, you're free to do that. Holy Ghost. I don't believe the Holy Ghost is done yet. I don't believe the Spirit of the Lord is finished with what He's trying to do yet. 
God, I don't want to just live from supernatural encounter to supernatural encounter and never fully get the change and transformation that you've promised. Whatever's got to die, whatever I've got to let go of, whatever I've got to put on the altar to fully become all that you have intended, let it happen, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want to go beyond just a blessing, God. I want to go beyond just a blessing. I don't want just blessings. I want transformation. I don't want just another blessing. I want transformation, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I think at this point I'm done. I'm going to put the mic down. Again, I'm not dismissing. I'm not asking you to not fellowship or talk at this point in here. But I obviously just be mindful of those that may still be praying. What the Lord may still be doing in this place. In Jesus' name.